you know, we are talking about the resurrection of Jesus and we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ today, uh, thinking of what has happened almost 2,000 years ago and what it means, um, you know, to our lives. So <clears throat> I've titled it, What Was Made Possible in the Resurrection? What was made possible in the resurrection? Because that is what it's all about, is what was made possible. Um, through what Jesus Christ has done. Now, I'm going to start off by just explaining what the law is. And this will be uh, also in the series on what the law is and the fulfillment of the law that I've been preaching on for the last four Sundays. Uh, number one, a law is the description of an observed phenomena. Now, I went and I, I studied out what is a law and I took Webster's Dictionary and different dictionaries and um, none, of, none of the the definitions could satisfy what I understand under a law. Uh, because I would say a law is more like a principle or something. And then I came to the scientific definition of what a law is. And a scientific definition, if we think of the law of gravity, for instance. I mean, it is a law that you can't get away from. Um, it, and it's, it's a phenomena that can be observed and described. Maybe you don't know why it is like that. But you know it is like that. It is a law. It, it is, um, it's a law that the, the law of gravity states that, you know, if you should walk off a cliff, you're going to fall, you know, and you can die. It can be harmful to you. There's a law that says that the, the earth's mass and, and all of this, the mass that the earth has and your mass is going to be drawn to each other. You know, you can't get away from it. So that is a law. And then you can have uh, different commandments. I've touched on this last time a bit. You can have different commandments based on that law to benefit you. So you can have commandments on that law. Uh, for instance, uh, when it comes to, uh, like I've, I mentioned, I think I said two, two Sundays ago, like if you look at gravity, you can look at a meteorite that's passing the earth, you know, and, um, you know, circles the earth, and you can work out, you know, what the attraction is would be between these two spheres, and eventually you can work out when that meteorite will hit the earth. You know, it will have been 100 years or 200 years from now or whatever, and you can try and uh, arrange your life according to it to see if it can be, maybe you can be in a safe place at that time or whatever. So there's certain... Uh, principles or basically commandments based on the, uh, this law. We, um, we then get the theory, like I said, and that is explaining why that law is like that. So now, if we look at the Bible, we find two laws. You find the law of death and you find the law of life. There are two laws. The law of death and the law of life. Now, if we, if we want to describe this law, we... Um, let us start with the law of death. The law of death says the following, and remember now, this is a principle that you cannot get away from. It is like gravity. It is a given. It is it's something that exists, um, and it will be difficult for me to explain it, but let, let me say it. It exists based on our design, based on how God made man, when He made man in the beginning. What I found is that church, uh, churches, uh, church leaders and individuals really struggle to believe that we are in the image and in the likeness of God. 
really in the image and the likeness of God. And what I mean by that is, we are as holy as what He is, we are as righteous as what He is, uh, we are um, as separated from sin as what He is. And that we've heard for a long time. But what I think what we struggle with is to really believe that we function the way He functions. Yeah. The way he functions is he's a being that functions from the persuasion of his heart. Yes. That's how he functions. And we've been made in his image and in his likeness. And to me that is the greatest thing in creation. Because it was nothing, you know, we, we would have been like animals if we, I mean an animal is not unholy. Is an animal unholy? No. Even the animals possess the righteousness to be raised, to have uh, immortality in the return of Christ. Animals possess that. But what makes us different is that we function the way God functions. We are beings that function by these laws. Um, and not that I want to preach the law, that I want to say you must obey a law. I'm talking about the way you function, the, uh, the, the way we, we as human beings relate to God and how we get it right. Or basically, let me put it this way, how God gets it right to find His life manifest in you. There's a certain procedure, there's a, well, a certain principle that God followed to get who He is to manifest in you. And that was all He's doing. It's not your doing, it's His doing. But the way in which God did it, you know, was... Um, you know, like the one guy said, I listened on, on YouTube, he's, a, um, he's an atheist, and this is what he said. He says, why would God use such a gruesome way of murdering his son to forgive people? Could he not just say, I forgive you? You know? You see, the thing is, God was not angry. Yeah. If God was angry, He could have said, I forgive you. I'm not angry with you anymore. But the thing is, God was not walking in anger. What happened was, God, man got enslaved into a system that he had to be set free from. It was not so much a sin issue. It was a, a, a slavery issue. That is what it was all about. You know, it would be like the old apartheid um, saying, uh, you know, why, why all the riots, why all those kind of things, you know, to get the white man not to be angry at the black man. I mean, it doesn't even make sense because it was not about a white farmer being angry at a black worker. It's not about that. It was about people being enslaved under a certain law system which brings forth death in them. doesn't matter how good they, what good they produce. They can never qualify. doesn't matter how good he washes the, 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 the white guy's car. He will never be allowed to stand in the same line at the bank as the white guy. I hope you try and understand. So it wasn't, in, if, if we um, use apartheid as an analogy, you know, to explain what happened in Jesus Christ, we can clearly see it doesn't matter how good somebody that's under a certain law performs, he will still be under that law. He can't get away from it. That's why our works 
could never, it was not about God getting man to live right. It was not about it because it will not get man free. It is as good as what we think that um, the end of apartheid was all about getting uh, workers to work better. It was not about that. It was about giving the life that the, um, and I'm sorry that I use this, but it's such a good analogy, but it is giving, giving all people equality of life. That's, right. That's what it was really about. And that's what the whole thing with God and man is about. It wasn't about God forgiving people because they are angry. Because he was angry. It was all about God ending a system that man was enslaved to. Which was the following system. You shall produce life for yourself by what you do. Forget about qualify before God. You know, we've seen the law actually in a wrong light. We've seen the law in the light of, I obey Ten Commandments, then God's going to bless me. That, that is just a branch of the law. The truth about the law doesn't even have God in consideration. Yeah. I know I say a lot of deep stuff here, but I, I want you to grab this and think upon this, ponder upon this when you get the CD and the DVD, that it touches your heart, you know. Okay. <laughs> Het is die hele preek, preek en die klank is, ja, met twee keer gebeur hierdie week, wat voorbij is. Ek preek die preek, ons aan die klank nie. Vergeet om die mic aan te sit. So, it, it is, it's got actually, the true law has got nothing to do with God. It is not man's effort to satisfy God so that God can bless him. The true law is all about man producing his own life. Yeah. That's what it's actually all about. And then commandments are the things that you need to do to have a good life in this world. That's what it actually is all about. The true law. And Jesus Christ, and when, when Adam sinned, he sold man to the law of death. Now, the law of death is this. It's a principle that says, it is an observed phenomena that says, should a human being try and produce quality of life by his ability, he will die. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's a phenomenon. It's something that you can observe. It shall happen as sure as gravity. <laughs> Do you know no person can escape gravity? It has never been done. It cannot be done. You are part of this world. There's no wall. There's no system. There's no technology that can defy gravity it is and that is how it is there's a law that says should you distantiate yourself from the only available life there is and you try and produce your own life by bringing and bring into consideration and working your own ability you shall die God said it God said it, like you just, just said there, in the, in the Hebrew it says, you will die, die. Now if God said, if you obey, if, if you go to the law of death, and you will die, then it's enough for you to know you'll die. But if He says, you will die, die, then you know, you'll die. You'll die yourself dead. <laughs> Now that principle we use 
in everyday life so many times where we expect and we want to use ability, you know, to make something work. Now that is a law that Adam brought in as the status quo for every human being. You couldn't live without it. You had to live with it. You were born in a place where you, sh you shall not partake of the life of God, but you shall partake of your ability and work up eternal life for yourself. That's what it actually is. <laughs> and then God, in His love, knew that this system, man, was married to this law. Man was married to that law. And it could never end unless the, the, the husband they married to this law system die. It had to die. That's why he had to come in a human body as an Adam under the law. Not just normal human. He was normal human, but he came in the form of Adam. Adam means the representative of the human race. And died... Because that law said, if you're under this law, you will die. Yeah. So what happened? That law was fulfilled. It killed the human race in one man, yes. Jesus Christ. Yes. Finished. And then, he was raised up again as a human being. Still representing mankind. Yes. But now, in resurrected, glorified human flesh. <laughs> this is the gospel, man. Yes. Now, okay, before we get into that, let's get into the law of life. The law of death says the following. Should you use your ability, and by your ability, make your ability the source from where you're going to produce life, you will die. Okay. The law of life says the following. Now, I didn't read this in the book. This is how I define it. This is my description of the phenomena. If the only life there is is made available to a free will agent and the free will agent accept the life, this only life, then the life that the free will agent received will be the life and equality of life than possessed by the giver. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so in other words, if there's a free will agent, which we are, God made us in His image and in His likeness. He is a sovereign being. You know, in heaven, gr grace, and, I, and I, I said this, I think I said this before, grace existed long before heaven and earth was made. Grace is not God going soft on sin or God overlooking your sin. This is what grace is. Grace is the influence that God has on anybody or anything. It's called influence. And the Father has got influence upon the Son, and the Son has got influence upon the Father, and so in the Spirit as well. And we were brought into a place where we function as God functions from a platform from where who He is influences us. Now the place of influence is called the heart. How you believe. What you believe. So He influences your belief with who He is. And the way He influences your belief is in the following way. He's telling you, 
I made you and created you exactly the way I am. My holiness is your holiness. If you want any other holiness, you'll have to produce it by your own works and you'll die. There is, God didn't say that because he was stuck up or because he was threatened. If there is only one holiness and he makes it available to you, as a free will agent and you receive that holiness then you will be holy but if there's no other holiness available but his holiness and you don't want that holiness then you will have to create out of nothing a holiness and there is only one that means there will never be another one it means you will never be holy so what the law of life says unless we by faith receive his holiness or who he is as the truth about ourselves you know when we receive that then we shall have that that's what he says in Mark 11 if you can whatsoever you ask if you believe that you have already received it then you have it that's the whole thing and that's the gospel we preach. We preach unto people that all people has already received the holiness of God as a free gift for them. They are free will, will agents. By persuasion in the heart of this truth, they will find that that holiness now starts manifesting and giving birth to a life inside them by the resurrection power of God. You know, Jesus was not raised from the dead by obeying the law. The Bible says He was raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit. Okay? So the power that raised Him from the dead was the glory of God or the Holy Spirit. Raised Jesus from the dead. And now he says that we have that same power to us word who believe that who He is represents us and we are raised into newness of life by the resurrection power of God that supersedes the power of death what that means is that the power unto a new life supersedes the power unto death and has conquered it so that we today can have a hopeful future we can expect peace and joy we can expect what we see in the heavens seated at the right hand of the father not just to manifest oh, to manifest in our lives for we are persuaded that that is the only truth about our lives Glory to God. So, the law of life, there's a phenomena. This is a wonderful phenomena. If the only life that is presented to you, and you make use of it, you will have the only life that's presented to you. Now, that sounds very simple, but that's how simple it is. If we are made in the image and the likeness of God, it means we fully function like Him. That's why we preach. We preach the gospel. Because we don't sit here with, 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 with robots. We sit here with beings that are in the image and the likeness of God that functions from persuasion. And this preaching is called the grace of God is how God influences your heart unto belief. 
And this persuasion gives birth to who He is. Hallelujah. I will tell you, the more the, these things settle in my heart, the more I find I, I read the Bible. Because it influences me. It gives birth. Hallelujah. You know, the other day, I, I want to use this as an example, and I hope the person that might watch this is not offended by this, but a lady came and she, um, I don't know if I mentioned yeah, I didn't. I, think, I, I don't think I did. Uh, she's a friend of mine on Facebook and says she's really blessed with my message and all those kind of things. And then she put a message on, in my inbox on Facebook and said that she wants me to give her a call. You know, she, um, she wants to make a donation towards the ministry. So um, that was at night. So uh, I think maybe 10 o'clock at night or whatever. Next morning I wake up, I get two messages. I get the first message, would you please call me? And then the next one said, um, listen man, you know, basically boils down to, you didn't call me and I felt led to give the $500,000 to someone else. Okay. Do you know what that did to me? Nothing. Nothing. Because all my needs are met. I am in need of nothing. I am fully provided for already. I'm not going to get, I already have, and it just manifests as need be. That's the way it works. Glory to God. And know how much peace that gives me. I've got absolute peace. I didn't lose $500,000. How can you, I mean, nothing that anybody ever takes away from me can take anything away from me. And nothing that anybody ever gives me can add anything to me. Because of this revelation. I am under the law of life. And the reason why Jesus died was to give man access to this new law called the law of life. We are under this law as believers. And this law functions the following way. God 24-7 during the day, during the night, in your dreams, in your subconscious mind, all the time is busy through the Holy Spirit convincing you, prompting your heart of how holy, how righteous you are, how you are His kind, how you are His friend, and all those kind of things. And as that persuasion rises in our hearts, we are born from that truth. Yes, sir. That's why we don't yield to any other gospel or any other message. Because we are a kind of a being that what we are persuaded of manifests in our lives. And we don't want to be born from a lie. We want to be born from the truth. That's why we preach this message. Glory to God. Why was Jesus born? To give man the opportunity to be a partaker of the new kingdom. The kingdom of life that functions from the law of life. And we might say, and I've, I've preached many times, we're not under the law. And what I mean by that is we're not under the law of sin and death anymore. We're not, you're not, um, what that means is, and let, let me explain, we, we are not under the law of sin and death anymore. Paul, after he believed in Jesus, in Romans 7, made use of the law of sin and death. By trying to obey the 10th commandment, you shall not cover. 
Okay? And then he said, I found I died. Because the more I try to do that law, the more I die. And we are all can testify of that in this church. When you, have, when you receive Jesus as your Savior, afterwards, three, four, five years later, or maybe sometimes it's a year later, you find a gradual going back, a gradual slavery coming to your life. Because you try to obey the law to please God. Or try to obey certain laws to be blessed or to prosper or to get God's blessing on your life. And you find some death. You don't know where it comes from. But at least Paul knew. So this law of death is still available for whosoever wants. But what he did was he removed us from it. It's like Egypt. It's used in Corinthians. God took the, the, the Israelites out of, out of Egypt. Did Egypt still exist? Yes. Could they go back if they want to? Yes, it still exists. And once we are taken out of that, and that's what we preach, who did God lead out of Egypt? All of the Israelites. Who did God lead out of this law of sin and death? All of mankind. Not just the believer. Everyone was led out. And then he said, now we enter the promised land. How? By belief. Belief in what? Belief that we are free. Belief that we are not under slavery anymore. Belief that he, he approves of us. Belief that He is our God. That's how we enter into the rest. Because we're the God kind. Faith is not a law that we must obey so that God can bless us. My goodness, it is not that. We've been taught that. If you have enough faith, then God will. No, 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 no. God has. God has, and we just have access by our persuasion. That's all. Again, the old South Africa, you know. Apartheid law is fulfilled, it's gone. But people can still live under it, even if it's gone. You'd just be stupid, but you can. You still live there. Who wants to live there? And like I said, you know, so many people still live with, with and, and I'm not pointing fingers to race, please hear that. But so many people still live with a, mentality, a victim mentality. Still living in apartheid, man. Let's wake up unto the truth. We can still remember what has happened. I don't say forget that. It, it, is, it, is, it, it has happened. It was not good. But the only way out is to say... I am not under that anymore. I can never be defined by that anymore. I, I'm not an ex-slave. I'm a free person. Amen. Hallelujah. That's the truth. That's how you will find whatever this country can offer you. Be born in your life. In the very same way with God. We're not ex-sinners or anything. The old has passed away. Behold, everything has become new. The man that lives by works has died forever. And a new kind of a being was raised up in the resurrection of Jesus, which is true for every human being. And that is the person that lives by the persuasion in his heart. And now we can be persuaded of something very beautiful. We can be persuaded of our perfect union with God. Our perfect union with God. And we can awake unto this righteousness that He has given to us. God's not a sin-conscious God. 
He was, he was never into, listen, I wanted to live right here, I wanted to live right there. Oh, you haven't done this, so I'm going to punish you. You've done that, I'm not going to punish you, and all those kind of things. He was never like that. And he will never be like that. He is a God that functions from the, from the platform of birth. He gives birth to who He is in you. And the end goal is just for you to experience His quality of life so that there can be another being like Him with whom He can have wonderful friendship and fellowship and they rule and reign together as friends. That's it. Isn't that awesome? That's what God has promised us. So what does this resurrection mean? What, what access does it give to us? Now I'm going to come to some practical stuff and let me see, I'm going to read two more verses basically, or two more passages. Romans 6, 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead in sin live longer therein? Know you not that so many of us as, are, as were baptized into Christ were baptized into His death. Therefore, we are buried, buried with Him in baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Man, this is beautiful. He says, uh, he's explaining a method here. He says, listen, shall we? He doesn't say, do you want to? He's explaining what happens when we are born of God. He says, shall we continue in a place where you are enslaved to the law? Where you are enslaved to a system where you give your best ability to bring forth the best thing in your life and at the end of it all, it's gone. I've seen people, you know, they work so hard all their life, they, 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 they gain millions so that the kids can inherit and the kids waste it all. Your work has died. Your work has died. I looked, I forgot the, the, the name of this company now, but it was a search engine company something before uh, Microsoft came out with tried to overtake this company but they they brought out the search engine thing you know and they were doing so well and then all of a sudden Microsoft saw this and Bill Gates said well I'm not going to let any other company take a, a piece of the cake I'm taking everything and because he's got so much money he bullied that other company you know, and came in with another idea and that company closed down. And they would have been something like Google today, you know, but because some, and here's somebody that tried and it's gone. It's just gone. In the very same way, we see it so many times. We work so hard, we try so hard, but at the end of the day, we don't have peace. We don't have true joy, what we're working for. You don't have to work for peace. You receive peace. Mm -hmm. You don't work to get enough. Enough is a belief. It's a belief. It's something you believe about yourself. It's something you believe about you and God. I want to tell you, the, shall we continue in a life where we are enslaved under the law, where it produces that unending cycle of death in our life? No, it shall, we shall, we're not under that anymore. 
It shall not be. Listen to what he says there. For we were buried with him in baptism, like as Christ was raised from the dead by the view and opinion of God, or the Holy Spirit, even so we should walk in newness of life. So how do we walk in newness of life? By the resurrection power of Christ. Amen. By Him raising us up into that life. For we have been planted in the likeness of His death. We shall also be in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him. That the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if you be dead with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with Him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dies no more, death has no more dominion over Him. For, if, uh, for in that He died, He died unto sin once, but in that He lives, He lives unto God. Likewise, reckon, make a mathematical calculation in the Greek, that you also yourselves are dead indeed unto sin and alive unto God in Christ. So what is He saying here? He's saying a very simple thing. He says, listen, if what happened, if Jesus became a man under the law and died, and he became in our likeness in his death, and, and we were the same in death, when he was raised, guess what? We are in the same likeness in his resurrection. Not our doing, his doing. And we preach this new man as the truth about every man. And we present to them the tree of life, the law of life, as the principle by which they can live. And this is the principle. You are in union with God. Should God, after all that He has done, and you come in, you say, I stand under and accept this influence upon my heart. You will find who He is gives birth to heaven's quality of life in this world. Imagine I, I, I get offered $500,000 now and I didn't have this in my heart. I'll die. I'll die. I'll say, oh God, you know. I'll be so angry. I will start to change my messages, you know, and I will, you know, towards, you know, unfaithful people and this and that. I don't know. Don't even want to think of it. But now I find this absolute peace. Heavens quality of life manifesting in my heart you know having true peace not based on any good that happens to me or any bad that happens to me but based on the only truth and the work of the Holy Spirit is to continually remind you of this like I said to you before the service you know I'm leaving tonight I'm going to Johannesburg tomorrow I'm flying to the States going away from home is not always nice and I must be honest with you, in my mind, you know, when I think of that airplane, listen, if you fly one hour, there's a small chance of something go wrong because that engine only works for one hour. <laughs> but if you start to fly for 45 hours, you know, all together, then it becomes a long time. You know, your mind wants to play tricks with you, you know, you're high up in the air, you know. You want to be scared. The only thing that happens that brings that fear is taking into ability, or taking into account human ability to build an aeroplane. But when I take into account the only word about my life, my life is born from that truth. I'll have peace, I'll have guidance, I'll have protection, whatever it is mine. 
My life is based on that. And should things not work out in the way you think it would work out, you know what? That peace will not leave you. It sticks with you. You are under, it's like saying, you know, if I, um, you, you know, if I jump high, then I, gravity will have no effect on me. No, gravity will always have an effect on you. In the same way, if we stand in the law of life, it's got effect on you. And that law of life is available for everybody. I end off with this verse. Ephesians 1.17, prayer that Paul had. He says, That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what is the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us word who believe, according to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ when He raised him from the dead and set him at the right hand in heavenly places you know what's the greatness of the power that works to us word it's the power that raised Jesus from the dead that put him at the right hand of the almighty now that is not what he's going to do for you that is what he has done for you Okay, And the truth about where Christ is seated is the truth about your life. And the power of the manifestation of that life is equal to the resurrection power. So you don't have to try and work up holiness in your life. You don't try to become more holy. You don't try to become more sanctified. When your heart is sanctified by belief of the truth, your life is sanctified by the resurrection power of Christ. It's a given. It's a law. You can't get away from it. The only thing that happened was about 6,000 years ago or whenever, Adam, as representative of mankind, said mankind will live. He will live by his own ability. And by that ability... You will have God's quality of life and He will be like God by knowing what He can do and doing it. He will be like God. And God said, and it will forever be so, that you cannot have life that way. It shall never change. It will forever be like that. You cannot have life that way. You cannot have life that way in your marriage. You cannot have life that way in, any, in anything. You know, when it comes to raising kids, sometimes it can be challenging. But the greatest thing that I'm reminded of continually is this. There's no greater gift to ever give your children than this revelation. I tell you, there's nothing greater than that. Even if you, if, if you fail in, you know, attending the, the sport meeting or if you fail in... Um, you know, being a good dad in playing games with your kids or whatever. Even if you fail in all of that, I want to say it's still okay. If you can drop the seed of this truth in their heart. You know what I teach my kids? I teach my kids, I am not a type of God the Father to you. We are brothers when it comes to God and friends. And we both look at God. And He influences my heart and He influences your heart. And based on the influence upon my heart, I share what I can. And should I miss it? No. Just no. 
I live in this world and maybe I don't live all the time in a place where my heart is flooded with this good news because I, I lend my ears out to some other doctrine or something, you know, or I've got some beliefs in me that's not right. But know this, that there is a God that doesn't look at you the way I look at you. Although I look at you with absolute love as, as much as what a father can have for a child. But don't try and live by a law that says, if my father, earthly father, can work everything right, then I will be a success in life. And you as a parent, don't allow that into your life. Well, I've got the ability to be a good parent, so I'm going to now get quality of life into my, my son and my daughter is going to have quality of life, the quality of God's life, by how good parent I am. That is the old law that will kill you, man. It will destroy your family. It will destroy your family. I teach my kids, I say, listen, there is one God. We all pray to Him. If you're not happy with stuff, talk to me. You know, if you're still not happy, talk to God, man. Speak to Him. Let Him influence your heart. Let Him speak to your belief. What you need to hear. And He shall do it. You know, sometimes we think God will speak to us, but He won't speak to our kids. He will speak to the child, tell him to go and pray. God will talk to him. God will work in him. That's the way it is. Hallelujah. I'm not saying, let's be bad parents. I'm saying, should we make use? I'm saying this. God says that who He is, He represents His truth about you. Let's be persuaded of that, and you'll be the best parent you can be. You'll be, God will manifest in your flesh when it comes to parenthood. God will manifest in your flesh when it comes to business decisions. I tell you, it shall be like that. It's, it's, it's nothing that we can work at. All we do is we enter into His rest by accepting the fact that He's at rest, that He has perfected man in the sacrifice. Hebrews 10 says this, and then we're going to go to the communion. He says, through one sacrifice he has perfected us forever and we preach this perfection as the truth about every human being so that they can believe and be saved from the death they are experiencing in this life I want to tell you people let's not believe only in a theory but we believe in experience that can manifest in our lives. We can experience this truth. I believe in the theory. It is true. There's a theory that says one died for all, therefore all are dead. There's a theory that says one is resurrected at the right hand of the Father and who He is is who we are. That is the theory which we call the truth in the Gospel. But from there I've got an expectation of that truth manifesting peace in my heart. You know, Chris, we spoke in the week, and, and what he said is, he says, man, he wants to experience God. He wants to feel loved. You know, and, and this is the wonderful thing. When I hear this truth, I feel loved. <laughs> when I hear this truth, I feel true peace in my heart. It floods my mind. It gives me wisdom in how to deal with people. It gives me wisdom in, in how to treat people. It gives me wisdom on how to treat my children and what to preach and when to say what and all those kind of things. It gives me words of wisdom, gifts of healing and whatever manifest based on this truth. Father, I want to thank you that you are such a good God. 
thank you for your unconditional love. Thank you, Father, that we know that there is the law of life and the law of death. But you have killed the law of death. You have killed that husband so that we don't have to bear its fruit anymore. But you have presented Jesus as the perfection of us. Thank you, Lord, that we are not sin conscious anymore. For one sacrifice has already taken away all guilt. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't come to forgive us by saying, I'm not angry with you, but you came to forgive, to end a contract in Jesus by becoming a man under the law of death. So that we never have to function in the law of death anymore. That when we do our work, our job, we do it from the overflow in our heart. Not to work up some success for ourselves. We believe, Lord, that you, you are our provision. We believe that we can live, like your word says, simple, peaceable lives. A simple, peaceable life. Thank you for that, Father. And whatsoever passion you put in our hearts, it has been taken care of by you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you continually speak this truth to us. Thank you, Lord, that nothing can disqualify us. We have been qualified by Jesus. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that we can hear, that you speak so loud, that we can hear this. And by your word, our hearts get persuaded. And as we are persuaded, we see this truth born into our everyday life. And this is such a real truth that we will even be born one day in your return, immortal in human flesh forever being with God that way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen.